Hey guys, welcome to In the Limelight. Today we are sitting down um, with one of my friends and a fellow Limeware, Kelsey, aka the Intuitive Swan on Instagram. Kelsey went from working crazy, crazy hours in consulting um, to very similar to me, having to take a massive step back from work to focus on getting well, as many of us do. Um, she's still on that journey. I am still on that journey. So I think this will be a really great conversation. I also am welcoming back um, comedian hypnotist Chris Jones because he, I just can't get rid of me. So I think it'll be a great conversation with the three of us. And um, yeah, thanks for being here, you guys. Of course, happy to. So the first thing that I kind of wanted to chat with you about, and I know we've talked personally at length about your story and it's a really amazing Mm -hmm. one um is I always like when people with these great stories just kind of share their story and we can talk through it um because everyone's is different but like so similar at the same time um so yeah what what was your journey to diagnosis like and I guess when you were diagnosed like how long did it take um and like Sure. Quite a while. (laughs) Um, Well, I have to preface this by saying that I've had health issues on and off for the past decade. Um, I was eventually, I started passing out and having seizures, and I was eventually diagnosed with vasovagal syncope and asystolic pauses at the Mayo Clinic. So um, I don't know what that is. Basically, my heart would stop Ah, anywhere from like... Eight to 40 seconds. Mm. And I knew this because I had a loop recorder in my chest. Because when you have all these weird health problems, like gives me picking up like function and trying to figure out why and when this is happening is so important. So, um, you know, I kind of dealt with that on and off. And I'd go through phases where I wouldn't have any issues. And then there'd be times where I'd be passing out like twice a week, having seizures. And no treatment method truly seemed to work. It was just an ebb and flow. So it's just something I kind of accepted and learned to live with and made some lifestyle adjustments. So um, I went two years without any issues and any kind of like autonomic issues. You, mm-hmm. um, Some people outgrow them oh, um, I didn't know that. in their late 20s. So I thought that was for me when I went two years without any issues. And then... In um, October 2017, I was out in California for work, and I was lying in bed in the morning on, on a call, and then I just, like, woke up, and so I'd realized I'd passed out, and, like, I didn't know how long I'd been out, and I was super out of it afterwards, and then I had two seizures within the next, like, six hours, and, like, I don't really remember a lot of this. It's super, like, foggy, and... um So that was bad. And then it took me a really long time to recover once I finally made it home. And I was just like, this is not normal. So, and this this started happening again. And so I took a leave from work, hoping that it would get better. And I had a pacemaker put in, Mm -hmm. which definitely helped in the one hand. But um, yeah, I just continued to feel really fatigued and like lightheaded. Mm -hmm. And I was just constantly tired, and I was like, this is not normal. I think there's something else going on. So um, I visited, um, I went to the Rabie Institute. Oh, And I didn't okay. know that that's, like, where you were diagnosed as yeah. well. 
And so I was talking to this doctor and she's like, I think you have Lyme disease. And I was like, no, I don't. Like, I have these other issues. Yeah. I really don't think that's the case. And she's like, okay, well, let's test anyways. And so the test came back positive, mm-hmm. which is so freaking lucky, yeah. right? Because there are yeah. so many um, false negatives. So I'm so blessed to have received that diagnosis early on. Yeah. And then I, um, I eventually found um, a Lyme doctor in the northwest suburbs of Chicago, and I absolutely love her. And she Good. really thinks outside the box, and we really connected. And that, again, is another blessing because I know people struggle so much to find a doctor who will treat them mm-hmm. and um, someone who's an advocate in their corner and willing to work um, Absolutely. with all the range of like symptoms, which are just absurd which is why it's so difficult to diagnose I know um you know that's what's so crazy is like you and I definitely have some of the same symptoms but Mm -hmm. we also have some very different ones because there's over 100 symptoms for Lyme which is why no one thinks to look for it and for those of you listening um if you didn't listen to season one I talked a little bit about the Rabia Institute it's basically um an integrative um, more holistic practice, I mm-hmm. guess you would say, within yeah. Northwestern, but they just think differently. And I was also sublime at Raby Institute, so thank God for them, I guess. No, right? <laughs> I found that real interesting. Just, I mean, you have Lyme disease in only at this same center. Are you discovering? I yeah. know. Like, how it's... many hospitals are there in Chicago? How many doctors are there in Chicago? Dude, this is where you go when you are kind of you don't have an answer and you mm-hmm. need someone to look at it holistically and just, and fresh eyes, right? When you're dealing with the same neurologist, cardiologist, yeah. they're stuck in that one mindset and you need someone who's doesn't really know everything about you. Yeah. Just, Are the seizures still a problem? Um, uh, occasionally, yeah. yes. So um, I'm finally on like anti-seizure medication and I'm working on finding the right dosage. And some people can kind of feel like I think we're going to have a seizure. Yeah, I get like a couple seconds warning. Mm -hmm. And I know like seizures can be a symptom of Lyme. Mm -hmm. So part of me wonders like if Mm -hmm. I've always had Lyme. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I personally think I've had Lyme for a while and it was dormant. And then Mm -hmm. when my body was undergoing these other stressors, it triggered it. Yeah. And um, stress is a huge trigger. Yeah. And then there's also been some new research about um, causing cartitis. So Mm -hmm. um, your heart stopping as well. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) That's why I'm here. (laughs) And there's been a a study done. um, I forget where, but it's with with people who were recently diagnosed with Lyme and having these pauses. And then a treatment of antibiotics actually worked and stopped having these cardiac pauses. But if you've had chronic Lyme, that doesn't necessarily work, and they haven't done the research related to that. Yeah. So. Well, it's interesting, you know, talking about the heart and Lyme disease, because when I was first diagnosed, I did have an abnormal heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And with treatment, it went away, and it corrected itself. And, you know, about a year and a half later, it's back with because the pots and right? all that stuff. Yeah. So it's, like, weird how it kind of ebb and flows. Exactly. And you just always have to be so on top of it. Um so I like talking to you because you understand the lime and the pots in a way not everyone does because yeah. it's like a shitstorm. Um, but I do want to ask you, like, did you 
were you ever bitten by a tick or do you remember it or it's just you think you've had it and it was dormant? Um, like 99% sure I was never bitten by a tick, but, um, uh, mosquitoes and flies can carry the bacteria as well. Mm -hmm. And I, um, spent my summers growing up in Wisconsin and Mm -hmm. I was definitely bitten by a lot of mosquitoes. Mm -hmm. So I think that's how I was infected. You used to ride horses too. That's a good point. But I was really young. Okay. Probably stopped at like 12 or 13. Because you were a horse rider. Than a ballet dancer. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I had to pick one or the other, <laughs> you did right? You <laughs> um, And you, I know you were mentioning, we, we had breakfast before this so we could chat because I like to torture my friends. Um, <laughs> you mentioned that your family has a home in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So do you still go there at all? Yeah, definitely. Oh, right. Like, I'm really looking forward to It's just an oasis. And, and I'm definitely more, like, conscientious about being outside and like I always wear like leggings Mm -hmm. things that like cover my legs and ankles but I I mean I I'd like to think like I wouldn't be bitten again but like you never know because Lyme disease is so rampant Mm -hmm. and I think Wisconsin is the third most um state with the third most reported cases of Lyme I did not know that Mm -hmm. um but I really think, and this month in particularly, people talk about Lyme disease a lot, but they don't talk about ways to prevent it. Yes. But GLA has that, like, overrun, and so um, that's where we need to start Yeah. Now. If everyone listening, Alex just got really happy for a second. I little did. little shimmy dance. Because I love um, Global Lyme Alliance's awareness program and the preventative measures that they've been promoting. Even Erin Walker has been doing little mini videos, like, on her Insta stories mm-hmm. about ways to prevent Lyme um, for you, your kids, if you're a golfer. And I think it's so important because like Kelsey just said, it's not talked about. And there are ways, like, okay, is there one foolproof way to say like, okay, I'm never going to get Lyme disease? No, but you can buy tick spray. You can wear um, permethrin treated clothing. You can wear leggings, high socks. Like there are ways. And you can check. Yeah. And number one, check for ticks. I have a friend of mine who was out camping in Joshua Tree and she was hiking, changed her clothes, showered, was driving back to LA, and she felt like this pinching, um, like where her jeans zip up, and she thought it was just like pinching from her zipper mm-hmm. or something, and then it like wouldn't go away, and she looked, and she had a tick on her, and she's like, how is it still there Yeah. after I showered and changed my clothes? Oh, wow. They're like, so, must be like prehistoric or something, because they survive everything. <laughs> dude, seriously, they do. They're Like, the bacteria itself is actually fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it really can withstand anything. That it changes shape, and once it's being attacked, it can, um, like, just, like, morph into your tissues yeah. to hide. That's why yeah, I, like... it's too smart. Yeah, it's a smart bug, for sure, and it... That's why I really feel like it, like, there's more to this disease than we know. Mm-hmm. Just, like, because what other, dis- like, besides maybe cancer, like, what other disease do we have that, like, behaves this way? It's insane. Yeah. Let's tie that together real fast. Erin Walker was talking at the luncheon for Global Lyme Alliance um, that her husband's playing on the PGA Tour, mm-hmm. and there's all these reasons for breast cancer awareness. Yeah. But then she had the great statement that there are more people Twice realizing that yeah. Lyme than have breast cancer. Absolutely. And that's nothing against people who are struggling with that battle. But even if they just said, hey, you're going to be in the woods for five or six hours, cover yourself up. Like, it's just that easy. You know, Lyme disease is real. 
Yeah. These ticks will carry things. You're carrying your kids around. Just yeah. be safe. Ten seconds. I know. It's so easy. We can keep raising money for breast awareness, absolutely, but just cover up. Do you guys think part of the issue is that people just, like, think, oh, it won't happen to me, and that's why they don't care, or they don't think to take preventative, or they don't want to take preventative measures, I guess? Um, yes, and I we don't know what percentage of people who have Lyme disease don't exhibit symptoms, so that's why mm-hmm. it's really hard to um, get a really clear, full picture of it. And, yeah. you know, I, I think we're all a bit more optimistic mm-hmm. than most people, even though we've been through a lot. Absolutely. And, you know, I'd like to think that, um, you know, you're not going to go through all this, but then you're there. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why we're here, kind of like sharing our stories, because, you know, awareness is key. I did not know Lyme was a thing. When you told me you had Lyme disease, I was like, is that like lice? (laughs) Are you just going to wash it off? No, thank you. And the Global Lyme Alliance, like... Although you'd prefer that, right? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) At this point, I'd prefer life. Our friend John, who works at the Bulls, he came and he said, I had no idea that this was this serious. Yeah. You know, like, I had heard of Lyme, but, you know, meeting someone and then thinking, well, I'm going to act different whenever I go out in the woods... Even you were talking about, I don't like birds flying over my heads because they'll have mites. Oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, God. Well, I wear, you know, Chris came over on Wednesday and we, I like to walk because at one point I really couldn't. So oh, I go on really long walks every day. It's wonderful. And I, you know, it's just like but something it, you like, couldn't do before. I know, and, and you appreciate it so yeah, much. Yeah, I appreciate it so much. And even in the city, I wear a giant, I'll show it to you before you leave, I wear a giant straw hat when I walk. I've seen photos uh, Yeah, so you know, like, I'm crazy. I just feel like you never know. I don't know. You never know. But you and can be stylish with Lyme. Like, I just followed you on Instagram, and you have some great photos, and you're Thanks. you're eating good food that's healthy food. Are you kidding me? Like, like, you don't <laughs> have to. Yeah. There, there will be a struggle, but you don't have to suffer if I can speak from an outsider. Right. There's a struggle, but you don't have to suffer. No. And for me personally, like, I never realize how bad it is when I'm in it. Yeah. Only, Mm -hmm. like, looking back, I'm like, oh, that was, like, a really rough patch, you know? Absolutely. So. So I think we're resilient. And Mm -hmm. like you said, I think we have a much um, better outlook on things than some people. And I, like, totally get that because I've had some dark times. Mm -hmm. Um. But, yeah, you just try to stay super positive even when you're in, like, the worst flare of your life. And um, then you look back on you're like, oh, my God, like, what? That was unhealthy. Or, like, yeah. what was I doing? Right. Um, yeah. I did want to ask you, though. Your blog and your Instagram is The Intuitive Swan. Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? So, um, nope. I love swans. And I think they're beautiful. Listening to your intuition is really important, and okay. I've definitely tapped into that more throughout this process. And finding um, like an Instagram handle that wasn't taken was super hard. And I remember <laughs> driving up to my parents' cabin with my mom, and we'd sit there in the car and kind of brainstorm ideas. And we finally landed upon this. And um, yeah, I really love it, although it doesn't have my name in it, so sometimes I'm like, I don't know if this is the best idea in the term, but yeah. it really spoke to me in the moment, and I think it's easy to remember. Yeah, it is. I like it a lot. Thanks. And you say that you think your intuition and being intuitive is very important. 
um, it's funny because I have conversations with some of my friends about intuition and Mm -hmm. they're like, like I'll say to someone like, "Eh, I don't know if that's the best idea or like, I just have a bad feeling about that. And they're like, well, how do you know? Or how do you like, how, how have you become more in tune with your intuition? How do you like listen to yourself and the signals that your body's giving you? Well, I think of them. A lot of it has come from spending time alone Yeah. in my healing mm-hmm. journey. Like, obviously, I spent a lot of time with my family yeah. and my parents. But, you know, for most people, life and, like, our day-to-day life is just a series of distractions. Mm-hmm. And we don't really pause to think about, like, the needs of our bodies or is this, like, really the best course of action for me. So when I have time to really tap into that and think about what I want um that's been really important and you know I think I've changed a lot throughout yeah. this journey and I'm much um, like I know who I am and I'm really happy that I've had this experience just to really come into myself and you know I think my illness used to be something that held me back and I was kind of ashamed of and disappointed in my body for letting me down. And now I'm trying to use it as a way to empower myself and really connect with other people and hopefully inspire them by sharing my story. I think you certainly are. And it gives people a lot of hope. Um, And something else I was curious about is that it's a big, I think it's a big deal and it's a very admirable thing to put yourself out there publicly um, because the communities online, I think with chronic illness specifically, and I even mean this in a totally different way than our conversation before, but it can be like very judgmental and very like, I get Mm -hmm. so many messages where it's like, well, if you were to like, you know, drink whatever, do whatever, like you'd be cured or like, I don't know, people can just be so judgmental online. And how do you handle now being out there publicly because you have a strong following a very engaged following and what made you ultimately decide like yes I'm going to take this step I'm going to share my story publicly um I was lonely and I needed a project or to kind of yeah. give me something to look forward to absolutely um, I started about um six months ago and I'm really glad I did. It's really my mom who's been like, you need to start a blog. You need mm-hmm. to share your writing and your story with the world because it's kind of complicated and has yeah. a lot of different facets to it. And, you know, I'm sure you've been told, and we all talk about this a lot, how there are plenty of doctors who are like, oh, it's all in your head. And mm-hmm. like, no, it is not. You know your body better than anyone else. And you have to listen to it and your intuition until you find that answer. So... You know, I don't really like talking about myself that much, (laughs) but it's been really, you know, and I was nervous about what people would think when I first launched it, but I think the reward of connecting with other people in the chronic illness community has totally been worth any kind of um, um, feelings of being uncomfortable. Absolutely. So. Well, thank you for everything that you do. Of course. I mean, you're doing the same thing with your Um, newsletter. That's how I, like, feel about the my podcast and my newsletter is that it gives me something to look forward to, mm-hmm. right? Especially while, like, I mean, technically I do. I still work with Chris, and um, we work on a TV show, and it's on hold. But it's not a five-day-a-week, eight-to-five 
job and like sometimes you just feel like shit and like you need something else to put your energy into so it feels so good to like have something that like other people enjoy yeah and I touched upon this a couple weeks ago how like when I'm having a really bad day I do not have the energy or the brain power Mm -hmm. to post anything on Instagram or like talk about how things are going so you know I want to be real with my story and so I just it's kind of that balance between sharing the good stuff as well as the bad stuff but you know I want to focus more on the positives and I my biggest thing used to be if people were looking at me and thinking well she doesn't look sick like a woman Mm -hmm. had me elevator yesterday she's like oh what do you do for work and I'm like oh like I'm not working right now I have like Lyme disease I'm recovering she's like well you look fine and I'm like Oh my god! <sighs> yeah, they're cringing, I know. people. <laughs> yeah, Alex is cringing because it's just like I don't know why people think that's okay to say. Like I think it's different if you look at someone and you say, like I'll look at my friends that also have Lyme and I can tell how they're feeling by their eyes. Yeah, like mm. I'll say like my your eyes look really thing. bright or like you know what I mean, and that's not an indication of like how you're feeling day to day or that you're healed or like it's just my thing mm-hmm. with my friend. Like, but I would never look at someone and be like, oh well, you don't look sick. Like, who thinks that's okay? And, like, what percentage of illnesses do have visible symptoms? Yeah. Like, well, not, not, not many. Not yeah. a ton. Again, if I can speak as an outsider, you look like a healthy person. Mm. You do yoga. Thank you. Thank you. It, it looks like you're eating healthy things. Yeah. And you have a nice smile. I wouldn't think there's anything wrong with you. I know. I know. But that's the thing. You just don't. When you look at a person, you don't see what they're dealing with. I would no, never would have known. Yeah, and you can't you had seizures, and um, and on top of that, you're dealing with Lyme. And we were talking about social a bit earlier mm-hmm. today about yeah. people who kind of feel like it's a competition with Lyme. Like, yeah, I have more followers than you. I'm doing more for the cause. My sister has Lyme. I'm the biggest advocate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the social well, media dilemma is real. If you want to. I think, you know, it's interesting because I started my career as a fashion blogger, Mm -hmm. like before it was super popular. And I ultimately left that industry and went into PR because I just didn't like the community. I didn't like where it was going. It was very competitive. And um, after I put out my first podcast or of the season two a couple of weeks ago, I got an overwhelming amount of messages. Um, most, you know, very positive and people that, you know, I'm still keeping in touch with, you know, a month later, but a handful where it's like, oh, well, you've only been treating for two years. I've been treating for five or like you only have Lyme pots, Babesia, blah, blah, blah. Like Mm -hmm. I have this, 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 and this, or like, um, following and unfollowing and like just things that like I would not think would be present in this community. Mm -hmm. And I just find it so disappointing. Yeah, like, my heart goes out to anyone who's suffered from a chronic illness. But yeah. it's by no means a competition. Like, do we really want to be seeing the person next to us? No. No. I just don't get it, and I think it's really sad. Um, and I guess that we all cope with this disease in our own way, and maybe that's some people's way of coping. But, like, everyone should want everybody else to succeed. It shouldn't be like, absolutely. oh, well, my newsletter has to have more subscribers than your blog like no Mm -mm. we're all doing this for the same reason nobody is really like it's not like any of us are making money off of this stuff (laughs) like it doesn't matter right so 
but I'm the jaded anyway. old man who <laughs> I get tired of people posting posts. I don't care what you ate. Like, yeah, I, I, not, not, I care what you, what you eat. Wait, no, you but don't. People, I don't care what you eat. But then I was like, how did you, do you um, Alex, how did you meet Kelsey? And you're like, through Instagram. Through yeah, Instagram. yeah. We, Which is so cool. My favorite is when bloggers are like, so I know a lot of you have been asking about my skincare routine. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, of the meme. Have, have you I? seen that? Yeah. yeah. I know you guys have been asking about my secret <laughs> weight loss supplement. <laughs> it's Skinny Bear. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, okay. <laughs> I know. I'm like, ah, I have enough supplements. Um, I could be a pharmacy. Do you think you would have met each other without social media no no i don't know how no. we you were diagnosed yeah. the same place yeah I, know. I didn't like my doctor that much with the rabies yeah. too we didn't really connect um she's like super monotone like, okay just, <laughs> it's like work with me here so um, yeah you never know but um you know because i've been so sick i haven't really been going out much and i, I really wanted to make new friends in like this new phase of my life and I think I'm definitely drawn to people I wasn't necessarily drawn to before so um I'm really really happy that I've met you um as well as other people in the Chicago area who just like get what we're all going through we just understand each other in a different way Mm -hmm. um than most people or like people who don't have this illness and I think it's like a very special quick bond yeah and like this doesn't define us mm-hmm. but it's been an important part of our lives yeah. lately so especially being so young and mm-hmm. dealing with it it's like you really just need a community that understands you yeah but i read something the other day that children are at the highest risk for lyme disease yeah and you know kids can't necessarily pinpoint or describe all their symptoms right yeah, right and so my heart just goes out to anyone who have kids i know you just have to figure. be so vigilant yeah and that also just comes back to awareness because it can present as anything from like psychological or like behavioral issues for kids to like quote-unquote growing pains like mm-hmm. you just don't know no um yeah, I mean, it's like Yolanda's book where she was talking about Anwar and how he used to have these horrible growing pains and then turns yeah. out it was Lyme disease. Did you ever have growing pains, either of you? I don't know. No, I was a fat kid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I only grew in the midsection. I can't picture you as fat at oh, all. Oh, there are photos. Because you're really? like very, there is, like, there he's, are photos. he's from marathons. Like, well, that's because no. after I lost weight, I was like, everything's easy now. <laughs> you know, I was a 36 inch waist. When I was in seventh grade, oh. that's that's not our deal. I'll have to go back and find some photos of you because I just I like, can't believe boy. that. Wait, <laughs> so when did you start losing weight? No, I went to Honduras for eighth grade, and I was there Wait, for two for weeks. Your it, it was like schooling. My parents trip? were proud that I graduated eighth grade. Big whoop! Oh, okay. <laughs> and so yeah, they were like, "You can go anywhere you want." And my family was going to go to Honduras, family friends, and we went. And uh, we only ate, like, rice and cheese and orange juice, like, every day. And you walked over and you did a lot of sweating. Mm-hmm. And I came home. I was like, Mom, there's something wrong with my stomach. She's like, those are muscles. I'm like, <laughs> I have muscles in my stomach? Yeah, you yeah. <laughs> chubby kid. So, thanks, <laughs> But Hunters. you look good now. Now? Yeah. Oh, God. Stacy's lucky to have me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm so lucky to have her. Oh, you guys are sweet. You're lucky to have each other. We'll leave it at that. Thanks. Um, all right. Back to our original conversation that we keep getting <laughs> distracted from. Do you think from. you'll meet a guy with Lyme? Is that a weird thing? 
As in, would that be a, someone like, to date? Yeah, because <laughs> I'm, I'm engaged. Thinking about that date. Sorry, this is uh, <laughs> yeah, no, not right now. Nothing. But no, I need yeah. to hear about that. All right, because um, she's married. I'm engaged. Yeah, um, I want everyone to be happy and love. We can talk about this later. Yeah. <laughs> we okay. can talk about this later. Sorry, if Chris. A nice, if there's a nice guy out there, there's a nice person out Introduce there with me. Mine, yes. yes. Be sure to follow This has now her. turned into a dating podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true because like, I'm trying to get back out there now. Um, and I, it's this debate. I'm like, do I tell someone this? Yeah. Right. You know, at what point? And Second date, third date. Uh it's just like what I've been going through, and it's really hard yeah. not to come up. And people are like, well, right. like, how's work? Do you travel a lot? Yeah. And I'm just not a liar. So no, I'm just yeah. like, well, that's good quality to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, and if they that's an issue, then that's not the right person no, for yeah. me. So I think it's better to be honest. And I actually, I love that you said that because I've been getting a lot of messages lately yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Um, about like dating and relationships and like asking if I met my husband like pre or post line mm-hmm. or. Um, and I think that's a really good way to put it that like, if somebody is judgmental or like, doesn't get it, then like, it's not the right person for you and you shouldn't feel bad about that. Or like, you have to fit in a mold, you know, yeah. cause it's a, it's not all of who you are. It's part of who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah. said you've, Alex, you've lost a few friends because you can't go out like you used to, but I mean, you gain a community. Oh yeah. A I feel so lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I feel like I don't know of as many men. Who have Lyme disease? That's, that's real. kind of weirdly true. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether that's, they're just not as, um, like, voracious and being proactive about it. Yeah. On social media platforms and, or maybe women are more in touch with their bodies. We don't go to the doctors. <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah. I feel like men yeah. kind of just it, it, It'll just take care of itself. Yeah. No. And I hate to say that in a stereotypical way. I, I, I say that as a man. I can only name a few men who I know have Lyme disease. Yeah. Um, that is true. And I actually think, I don't know now, Ryan, I'll have to find it and link to it below. Um, there was a research study that came out and it was like the beginning findings of some kind of study about like men versus women and how Lyme impacts them. Because mm-hmm. even men like, um, have a better chance of like going into remission or like beating it. And okay. like, whereas women stay sick and, I think that what they found and that they're going to study further research into is that women, because our bodies are constantly changing with our like cycles and our hormones and we're just more susceptible to like the spirochetes changing and hiding. That's really interesting. Which kind of like makes sense when you think, I don't know, maybe I'm not smart enough to understand it, but it kind of makes sense. No, definitely. I'd love to read that study. I'll find it. I'll send it to you. Um, So your blog it says that you are creating a meaningful life beyond chronic illness. Um, I just wanted to mention that because it can feel like our chronic conditions become who we are. Like as we've been talking about this, I've been thinking about it. Um, and while it may be such a large chunk of who we are, especially right now, that isn't a bad thing, especially if you're using it like you are to like positively impact the community. So I know that you said like you're starting to like kind of do more like normal things again, but get back out there. Um, What are some things that you are just like enjoying right now or like new passions that you're finding um, that don't have a lot to do with Lyme? Um, So I've been really into puzzling. Oh my God. I love puzzling. Did you see my puzzle up there? No, (laughs) you you have to show me. Next date, you're coming over. Please. We're going to have a... 
cocktail or a pot of tea and we're going to puzzle. Yes, we are. I, we were up in my cabin and my parents' friends were visiting too and they bought a puzzle and this was in October and we just did it all night and I was like, this is so amazing and I just love it because it's kind of soothing and you yeah. don't really have to think, but it's tactile and, um, it's just so rewarding when you put that last piece in the puzzle. Yeah. And so I do it all the time when I go home to my parents' house and I have one in my apartment, but I need, I forget about it, so I need to get it out. Okay. Um, yeah, that. And then it's been really nice to, like, tap into my writing again because, yeah. you know, I've been in the consulting world and that doesn't necessarily foster the type of creativity that I think um, I'm best at. Yeah. Um, so I really enjoyed writing and I want to uh, kind of incorporate that more in a professional setting. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think one of the luxuries right now, I am on disability, and but it's just such a luxury to be able to rest mm-hmm. when I need to, and you know, not do that. Um, so being able to take a break and really listen to my body, and I love going and using infrared saunas. Yeah. Like, I think everyone should do that. You yeah. have time after work. It's a great way to detox and just really relax it is and I think you know it's good for healthy people too to get toxins out of their body and it is relaxing you're right Mm -hmm. um and I also I forgot line brain I forgot to ask you about yoga because you're very into yoga you're very active um in that way and do you feel like it it helps you mentally and physically to do yoga or what is it that you love about it um it's you know, I feel like a lot of places in the city are kind of promoting this competitive sense and corporate type of yoga, and that's just not what I am drawn to. I like, um, you know, I used to be all about like the power flows and stuff, and this past fall and winter, I we couldn't like I couldn't even walk, and yeah. I'd try and go to like um, a Yin yoga class, which is pretty much just stretching, and okay. I couldn't even do that, mm. and so it really just brought me back like down to ground zero where I you I never would have thought that my body was not capable of doing that and so now I have such a greater appreciation for gentle and slow yoga because it really I think it helped me um reestablish a positive relationship with my body yeah because I think I was so sick of it really holding me back and making me take these pauses in my career just as I was like ramping up and you know, I love my body because it's gotten me this far, yes. right? And it's fighting and it's healing. Um, but yoga really allowed me to reconnect and like tap into my intuition and just give me an hour ish a day to like be in my body, but not mm-hmm. be so focused about um, like the negative side of things. Yeah. Just be grateful for being on my mat. I want to ask that. a question to both of you, and it's kind of a challenging question because uh, you talked about Alex you love walking now and, and you like doing yoga there's a part where you couldn't even like do the gentle stretching yoga I mean I still can't that's only where I'm at a couple times a week wow okay yeah so I guess the question is even more important than like what did the low point for you physically look like and this might be a little painful but if you can share for people mm-hmm. um the low point for you physically or emotionally um not being like struggling to walk like eights from my bed to my bathroom like leaning against walls because I was too physically weak I like to um, describe it as having 
um, like weights or anchors strapped to like all four limbs of my body and like dragging them through water. Like mm-hmm. I remember one time last summer, I was trying to like walk to the train station to go home to my parents' house, and I literally like couldn't do it. Uh, yeah, it was. It's just shocking what your body. It, yeah, not being able to walk or like sitting down for a long period of time and getting up and like having my parents to help me yeah. walk across the room. And I know some people are completely bedridden mm-hmm. and can't go out months. And I would only have some days like that. But and I remember maybe a year and a half ago, my dad would be like, let's go for a walk or like, let's go to the gym and mm-hmm. do a light workout. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, of course, like working out used to really energize me. And I just be like, I can't. And this was before Lyme. And I'm like, I don't know why, but I just don't have it in me. Yeah. And now I know. And it makes so much sense. Yeah. It literally gives me goosebumps hearing you say that because it was a very similar experience for me at my low point. I couldn't go up and down stairs. I, you know, my husband or my mom had to help me get out of bed and um, just like feeling like a total zombie. Yeah. And um, sleeping for like 20 hours a day. Yeah. Just like constantly sleeping or not sleeping at all. Yeah. That's <laughs> that too. Um, yeah. I mean, it was, that's why I think like even though. I know we're not 100% yet or like near it. It's just like, I'm so thankful to even be where I am right now. Yeah. Even though like I went forward and like I'm sliding backwards now because of everything that's going on. It just like, I feel like I have more of a fight in me now because I know what it is and I know like, I'm like, I've done it once I can do it again. <laughs> yeah. So. And when you have a good day, you're like, oh Yeah. This is what a good day is. Yes. I, I'm gonna get to a point where I have more of these. Yeah, Last absolutely. Time, did you ever hide how sick you were from your parents? No. No. They're the only people I'd be like, yeah. oh my god, like I'm dying, like I can't, yeah. I don't know what to do. And I think that's really special because I have that kind of relationship with my parents too, and I know just so many people don't have that, mm-hmm. and it, um, I just don't understand how like you don't believe your child or your spouse or like your sibling or whoever Mm -hmm. it is. It just like totally breaks my heart. Um, But that's why stuff like this is so important. So yeah, because there is a community out there, even if you feel like you don't have immediate support from afar, we are supporting everyone. Yes. Yes. And I love that you linked um, in your last newsletter. um, If insurance doesn't cover your treatment, yeah, you can, I guess, apply to that one. Yeah, the nonprofit that helps you. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, well, that, you know, insurance, that's a whole other podcast. Maybe the three sure, of us sure. will come back and um, chat about that. It's such a beast and it's so discouraging. Just another layer, you know, to mm-hmm. this literally fighting for your life battle. Um, but all right. So to wrap this up, um, I have two more things that I really want to touch on with sure. you. So I read in your choosing courage over comfort post that we shouldn't feel guilty over choosing joy or doing things that bring us joy. Um, And I was really, really thinking about this last week, actually, when I was reading your post, because I recently, you know, I have a lot of like small hobbies that I like, like puzzling or watercolor Mm -hmm. or like, you know, my fundraising efforts, whatever. Um, And I get, you know, messages from people that are like, how do you do that and not feel guilty because you can't work or you can't like people I think carry this guilt around with them and you know you saying that it's okay for us to do those things that bring us joy and make us happy I think is so important um so I just wanted to say thank you for talking about that and saying that 
Um, and then to end today, I want to pose a question to both you and Chris, because this is always supposed to be very positive. Um, and I think that it's so easy to get caught up in the negative of this illness. And I'm posing this question also to listeners. Um, what's something this week or last week that you are just feeling very thankful for or what went well for you? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Is there something you want to share? Yesterday I was on the bean, which is our sofa with my fiance and our dogs. I just said, just out my mouth, it came out, it's the best day of my life. Mm. And she said, well, it's so great. I'm like, well, there, there wasn't anything bad. Mm. Like, we had a meal with one of her friends who's like a father to her. And I get to just be with her. And just nothing bad happened. And so it's not just the, the presence of wonderful things, but it's, you know, um, just being surrounded by good stuff. So Yeah. I guess today is now the best day of my life. (laughs) Two best days of your life. Um, Well, definitely going to the luncheon. Oh, yay. Yeah, that you... um, It was a great event. ...hosted last week. Uh, You know, I hadn't really connected in person with all these people that, you know, I'm connected on Instagram. Yeah. But really, you know, in real-life connections are so much more important. Yeah, And when most of us are too sick to kind of leave the house and socialize... Um, getting out there, especially when everyone's in one place at a time, it yeah. was like that was, brought me a lot of joy. Oh, good. Well, it makes me very happy. I um, I left that day with a very positive feeling too. Yeah. I think that was my highlight. Did you last week as well. Job. Well, thank you. Well, I think it's really special, like the community, you know, that we've brought together here, and um, it's just such a special thing to see, like everyone really coming together and um, the support, especially on Global Lime Alliance, because it's you know now like my life passion and I feel like I'm hopefully helping to share that with others and like give other people a purpose too you know that like I know we touched on this last week but like just because you know maybe you don't have a career right now or like whatever is going on in anyone's life like there's still worthwhile things you can do to contribute to society absolutely um and you still have a community even if you don't feel like it and all these Mm -hmm. other things so this was such a nice conversation. Yeah, this was fun. Um, so thank you for doing this and putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Is there anything, any parting words you want to say or anything we didn't touch on for a long time? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, just not to give up. Um, be your own advocate. Again, like, mm-hmm. you know your body better than anyone else. And there are people who will be in your corner. And don't give up looking for that doctor who you really connect with because that will be so important because they will be um a part of your journey likely for a long time i love that and thank you chris for joining us Mm -hmm. again i know you love puzzles now yes Yes, i do (laughs) that's friday nights weird thing they have in common um okay so we will end on that note Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I will link to the Intuitive Swan Instagram and blog below. There are some very inspiring um, posts that personally have given me a lot of hope, so I will link to those. Um, I hope it helps you to not feel so alone in this fight. And I am very excited for the rest of our season. Next week, I am chatting with Dr. Casey Kelly, 
Um, I'm chatting with Emily Levi, the founder of Mighty Well, and Gwen, one of the co-founders of Helen John, that was at my luncheon last week. So it is going to be a great season, and I'm very excited. And the three of us are sending good energy to everyone out there. And if you want to connect with us, um, I'll link all of our Instagrams. Feel free to send us a message if you have any suggestions, etc. So, all right. Well, thanks, guys. I will chat with you in a few weeks.